Welcome to the Any Given Day Podcast, your ultimate destination for all things college football. I'm Hunter. And I'm Zach. And together, we'll be your hosts as we dive into the thrilling world of college football from the perspective of the fans. From game previews to post-game analysis, we'll bring you the latest news, insights, and stories that make this sport so captivating. Join us every Tuesday and Friday as we explore the traditions, pageantry, and unforgettable moments that define college football. So whether you're a diehard fan or just getting into the game, get ready for a wild ride with the Any Given Day podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Any Given Day podcast. Um, we got a lot to go over today, some big games. Mm-hmm. Arguably the best game of the year so far. We'll talk about that later on. But um, we're going to start off with a, a very awful game. We've got Auburn versus Texas A&M. It was bad. It was bad, <laughs> bad, bad, bad. I mean... Uh, Auburn looked terrible on offense. Yep. And just I, – I, I can't – three different quarterbacks. 56 yards total between all three uh, of them? Yeah, 56 total. I Plus just – They're going to – Peyton Thorne ain't it. I know that. Ron no. Gash, as athletic as he is, he's not it right now. Her, this holding Garner – Griner, however you pronounce his name, isn't it either? I don't know who they're gonna have to figure something out. The offenses looked awful. I mean, the defense doesn't look bad. The defense, I mean, held what A and M to twenty-seven points. Yeah, it's not yeah. bad, but the offense was awful. It it really was bad, and and you look you look at the difference between. Auburn struggling to find a quarterback and Texas A&M actually being fine without their starter, Connor Wegman. Uh, Max Johnson came in after Wegman left with an injury and he just looked lights out amazing. So uh, A&M has to feel real confident in the fact that if their starter goes down, they've got a really confident player behind him. Uh, and And that kind of shows how good Jimbo can be. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like we've seen the worst of Jimbo these past year or two. Um, it's, it's astounding. Truly. I just, I don't think anyone really expected it to end up like that. And I think Jimbo almost felt bad enough for Auburn to where he's like, Hey, I'll, I'll sub for one of my players. Let me on the field and I'll, I'll make a tackle or I'll try to make a tackle and maybe, maybe, but no, apparently he's just really, really mad at one of the refs that play. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Auburn fans should not be hitting the panic button yet. It's, It's year one. Hugh Freeze, it's going to take time. You can't expect Hugh Freeze to come in there and take over an Auburn team that wasn't great last year and be a, a national championship contender or even contend in the SEC this year. They'll be good. 
Hugh Freeze can recruit. If anything, he can recruit, and he can scheme up an offense. So I wouldn't hit the panic button yet. Yeah, and and we'll get a bit more into this later, but you kept hearing about this, you know, top-rated recruiting class and and all this stuff, right? But at the end of the day, a lot of these guys that do hit the transfer portal, yes, a chunk of them were starters at their old schools, like Peyton Thorne, who was a starter mm-hmm. up at Michigan State. But, you know, they also – you have a lot of guys that are transferring that were third or fourth string guys. And we'll, we'll delve a bit more into that when we get to Colorado versus Oregon. Mm-hmm. But you can't – especially with the first year of a new head coach, you cannot get overhyped. It's almost in, impossible – like, look what happened with Nick Saban over at Alabama their first year. They lost to Louisiana Monroe, I, I think, or was it Lafayette? Louisiana Lafayette. I believe it was Lafayette. It was one of the Louisiana schools, one of the small right. Louisiana schools, and they lost to them. And you you look at Kirby Smart, a loss, under, a loss to Vanderbilt under his first season. Hasn't happened since. Nick Saban hasn't lost to one of those small schools since. You got to go and get past the first year, which with Auburn, it seems, is a pretty hard thing to do because you see what happened with Brian Harson. After one year, they they had boosters ready to basically attempt a coup against him. Right. Do I think Harson was ready for the SEC? Probably not, but you don't you don't go and try and fire someone after their first year. You look at what happened with Mississippi State and Joe Moorhead a few years ago. One year didn't even get him give him a chance to go and try to get his own recruiting classes in there. But you also look at what came out of that. Mike Leach was in the SEC for his last few years, mm-hmm. which was amazing to watch because as interesting of a personality as Mike Leach is, and now you've got him in the same conference as Nick Saban and some of those guys, it was amazing to watch, amazing TV to watch. But still, like, that's kind of one of the – that's not the – that was the outlier, I should say, to that that entire ordeal. They they should not have gone – and tried to attempt a coup on Harson that soon. And now you're kind of seeing how all that affected because is affecting them now, I should say, because Auburn at this point is still trying to recover from that. All these recruits saw that, hey, even your boosters don't want you. Why should I want to go to Auburn right now? Like, they don't, they don't want you there. Why should I want to play under you? I'm good. And they right. different places. So I – it hurt them. You have to have the boosters, the athletic director, the coach, all on the same page. And it really helps if you got the president on the same page with all of them too. Mm-hmm. So it was it was just it was like watching the biggest dumpster fire ever over the past two years. And they're they're flipping out over one loss. Well not even well not one loss, but you get what I mean. Yeah it's going to take them a while to come back from this. Whereas Texas A&M, 
they might they might be onto something with Petrino being the OC. I mean, wh- what do you think about how they looked? Um, I mean, they looked they looked strong offensively. Obviously, they didn't look as strong against like Miami. Um, mm-hmm. but they've looked good. So, I, I don't um I don't want to be too quick to say Texas A and M is good and they've figured it out because. I don't know how much of that this game, anyways, is AM's figured it out as much as Auburn's just in a state of disarray right now. And they're still figuring it out. Like I said, it's going to take a little while. So I think AM's a, a better team than they were week one, definitely. Mm-hmm. So they're going to keep improving. You know, Bobby Petrino's been pretty good so far. The offenses look good, especially in this game. So. We'll see where we go from there, though. It's going to be interesting because I think Alabama does come to Kyle Field at some point this year. Uh, yeah, later this year, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see then. It's it, That's going to be a good one to watch. That'll be the but, big test, yeah. But speaking of Bama, you know, they uh, they had Ole Miss this past week. And and on our, our picks, we both ended up picking Ole Miss, even though I was quoted as saying, don't F on Saban. I was right, but I was wrong yep. on pick. And I, I, I could have sworn up and down this might if if it's not this year, it'll never happen with Lane Kiffin over at Ole Miss. I still stand, I do stand by that. And I thought, I thought Ole Miss could have pulled it out, but uh, that defense showed up. They held Ole Miss down. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, they were leading at halftime, but which is concerning, especially after a player-led meeting players only meeting right. for that USF game where they just look terrible but just it the defense looked great and after that interception Jalen Milrow went off I mean in total he was you know 17 for 21 I think 225 yards touchdown interception he looked lost before that first before that interception yeah the interception, like things click nine for 11, which 81% completion percentage, uh, touchdown averaging about 14 and a half yards per attempt. I think, uh, please, Louise, uh, here it is. Six of, of those nine passes that he completed were for first downs. And then four of those nine were 20 plus yards. So something finally clicked. Maybe we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, right. We maybe if everything's finally clicked. But I, what were your thoughts on it? I mean, like we we picked we both picked Ole Miss, obviously, mm-hmm. and I I was confident Great going mistake. into that game. Oh yeah, I mean I was confident going into that game. Alabama hadn't shown me anything offensively that could they could keep up with Ole Miss. Um. And I was kind. Of, we were kind of right. I mean, in the first half, yeah. it was close, yeah. but uh, eventually, that the the depth that Alabama has, obviously, they're I believe the most talented team composite ranking wise in college football right now. So that depth they have on defense really won out. I mean, Milrow looked a little turnover prone there for that first half, but like mm-hmm. you said, after that interception, you really something clicked. And you figured something out. So that's that's good to see. They started doing a little bit more running. So, I mean, Bama's run game did really well. Jace McClellan had like 17 carries for 105 yards and a touchdown. So, mm-hmm. I mean, 
maybe Bama figured something out. I maybe. hope they do because it's always fun to see a good Bama team. You want there to be competition. Um, but oh yeah, it, it really is. I, I think the most astounding thing is if you were to look at it on paper, Jalen Milrow looked like the better quarterback between him and Jackson Dart because uh, Jackson Dart, like he missed, like he threw thirty-five passes and only completed twenty of them. That's fifteen that weren't. Right. There. One of those was an interception, you know, and right. no touchdowns. So, so Mil- Milrow throw through almost as many yards uh, as Jackson Dart with a lot less, uh, a lot less attempts. And that's good, but it also kind of shows what kind of quarterback he is. He's going to throw the deep ball a lot more. Like I said, four of those passes were 20 plus yards. So that helps obviously, I, I I want like I love I love Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. I love it. It's it's funny. It's yeah. Uh, it, it's just fun to watch. Do you think he's gone and reached the uh, the ceiling that he can over at Ole Miss? I don't want to say yes, but I'm. I'm pretty sure, yeah, he's pretty much accomplished everything he's going to be able to with where they're at now. Mm-hmm. Um, Great party now. Oh, yeah. It's just that the talent, they don't really have the talent there. And Kiffin's Kiffin. Kiffin is always going to Kiffin. He's got that baggage with him that he'll have for the rest of his career with everything that's happened. I don't know really. I mean, I don't know really what else he can do. I I don't want to see him leave Ole Miss because I I think that would be the end of an era. But yeah, you you look at just he's not going to be able to get as many top tier recruits as as he wants because it's in Mississippi And, and that's not a knock on Mississippi. I've drove through Mississippi before. It's beautiful. It's just. It just feels like there's not a lot to do in Mississippi, though. Right. And and that's terrible to say, but like with with Athens, it's like okay, you're you're this far from like Atlanta, booming city, like capital of the South. With Tuscaloosa, right. you got a bunch of great barbecue. Right. I mean, you you look out west, you get USC. I mean, you're in LA, pretty much. I mean. There's a a lot of other colleges that have a lot more to offer. All right, jumping on over to the Florida State versus Clemson game. This was one heck of a game. I mean, came down to overtime. Florida State survived a game they probably shouldn't have. Clemson should have won that game. I mean, Clemson played their best game of the year. And probably should have won. But for some reason, Dabo, like we talked about last week, Dabo doesn't want to play into the portal. And because of that, he has a kicker who shouldn't be his starting kicker who missed a chip shot field goal to beat number four Florida State. Yeah, I mean, you're not you're not really wrong with any of that. And and, you know, kudos to him for just being like, hey, I was going to get this job, but I'll, I'll definitely come back and start for y'all. That's a dream. Oh, yeah. But, but no, I mean, 
it was insane. I saw the story about it, and uh, I wanted to kind of mention it on the podcast last week. I don't think we got to it, if I remember. Mm-hmm. But that I, I was just insane. This kid already had a job lined up in New York and was two weeks away from starting that, and then Dad was like, hey, want to come be our starting kicker? It's like, yeah, sure, okay, yeah, why not? <laughs> but... <laughs> I mean, it's just so frustrating to watch because Clemson dominated this football game. All right. Mm-hmm. They Clemson dominated it. Really good, actually. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they should have won this football game. And they come in there and crap the bed because Davo won't. He's just. He won't move forward with the times. And it's so frustrating because Clemson has the potential to be so good. They do. He's they just do. They throwing do. it away. He's throwing it down the drain, and it is so so frustrating to watch. It really is, and and it's it's like we've said already on on these podcasts. But he, the only nil he believes in is God's name, image, and likeness, and he refuses to use the transfer portal, and it's coming back to bite them. Uh-huh. I've said it before. I'll say it again. He's going to have to have a hard look in the mirror after this season. And he's going to either retire, which he's a great coach. He shouldn't retire this early. Or he's going to have to figure out, hey, I need to use this transfer portal. I need to use NIL funds. I need to do this. But he's just so against it. Right. That's great. But... We're not we're not in that era where you keep everything under the table anymore. You, we're we're at the point where you need to use that to stay competitive. And just it, it's like you said, they should have won that game, but they didn't. And it's just like I hate going in on Dabo like this. I yeah. I think he. I think he's goofy as all get out, but I think he's a great coach. He's a great motivator. I he's a great person. I I want to see him succeed. He's such a great person and he cares about those kids, but that he's just not putting in the effort and moving forward with the times that it's gonna take for them to win football games. And it's yeah. it's frustrating. But and, and Mike Norvell and like and that and it's not a knock on Mike Norvell at all. No. They, they came to play at the end of the day. They they showed up when they needed to. And, and and it's Jordan Travis threw for 289 yards, almost 300. He got two touchdowns. I just, it's they showed up to play at the end when they needed to. Yep. They won should they have, like you said? Probably not. Clemson probably should have won. But I also fear what how bad it could have been had that not been played at Clemson. If that had been played at Tallahassee... It would have been much worse. could have been much worse. And But it, it didn't. But still, it's, it's just... It's, it's, I hate that we're going back to it, but it's just so frustrating. And I hate... I hate just reiterating the point over and over and over. And I know people don't want to hear it, but it's frustrating to see this. And right. until Dabo's like, okay, we'll use the transfer portal, 
Clemson is not going to be contending. No. They're basically out of playoff contention at this point. Um because they're not gonna they're more than likely not gonna be able to get to the ACC championship. Not at this point with two losses. I mean their championship play. Yeah. losses. Yeah, I mean their season championship wise is pretty much over. They're playing for a consolation prize, maybe a bowl game at this point, but they're not going to the playoffs, more than likely. They're not going to the ACC championship, more than likely. They might sneak into a New Year's Bowl. Maybe. If they went out from here, which I don't think they will, if they keep – I mean, if they play like they did in this game and can finish, sure. They could win yeah. out and possibly get in a New Year's Six Bowl. Maybe the playoffs if there's some chaos. But I don't think there will be. And it's just frustrating. I mean, not, not to knock – Florida State at all. I mean, they have some dogs at wide receiver. I mean, oh, Keon yeah, Coleman. Wilson. Yeah, Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson. I mean, they're the 50 50 balls are more like 80 20 balls when you yeah, throw it up to they're, them. They're like long, yeah. lanky, but not like too, not, you know, they're not, not big. Not, right. You know, but they're, they're like, there are some tall boys with long arms, and yeah, you throw it in their vicinity, they're going to be whoop, yeah. Fine. So, I mean, <laughs> the moral of the story here is it's such a shame that Clemson has fallen off as much as they have with the mm-hmm. talent that they have. I mean, they have a lot of good players, they just, I don't know, but like you've already said, lack of transfer portal. Speaking of the transfer portal, though. Colorado, um, wow. And I quote, they fight for clicks, we fight for wins. They showed, Dan Landing had something to prove in this game. He got got tired of it. He got tired of it quick and in a hurry. Yeah. That is very much a man who's from the Kirby Smart, Nick Saban tree of coaching. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were up, what, 20, 24, nothing, 20, 35 nothing maybe at half. It was bad. It and, was so bad. I mean, they, they interviewed Dan Landing at half and say, you know, like, well, what do you think your team's performance was so far? And he's like, well, I'm not done yet. We're not done yet. Now, granted, like, you're, granted, you're destroying them. We're not done yet. <laughs> in the second half, they only scored one touchdown. Like, I think they only scored one touchdown. That's all they needed. I mean. No, but, like, he, he made it sound like they were going to come back out and score four, five, six more touchdowns, and, and they didn't. But no, still, but... I mean, the moment the moment they went for the two-point conversion after the first touchdown. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, like, the moment I was like, oh, he's mad. Yeah. And I mean. Then, if you look all week leading up, he was on ESPN, I think, Sports Center, and they're asking him questions. And the first three questions weren't about his team, weren't about how his team was doing, how he thought they would do. It was about, well, what do you think about Dion? What do you think about what Dion's doing? What do you think about what Colorado's doing? And I think he was just so tired of it going to this game. He said, "We're going to put an end to this Cinderella story. It's over. It's done." Yeah, yeah. It, it, it ain't being played in Hollywood. It's being played on this grass right here. Right, he proved that the award. I mean, Boatnix went off. He was he was very bodacious during this game. He looked good. He looked really good. Very good. Only five incompletions on the day. You know, 28, 30, 28 of thirty three, uh, two hundred seventy six yards, three touchdowns. Granted, he did have the one interception, but 
still you're gonna you're gonna risk that when you're doing all of that. So, right. it, I mean, the O not not yeah the offense. I was gonna say O line meaning D line. <laughs> offense. Uh, yeah, it's whatever. We make mistakes, people. Um, yep. The offense looked amazing in the first half. They just they just it was it was terrible. It, it like it was honestly hard to watch at some point and the defense went off as well like Shadur Sanders had no time no and the fact he got uh I think he went 23 of 33 so I mean he still had a pretty decent completion percentage it's yeah. just he was not he had no protection that that no. line is uh trash right now seven sacks yeah I mean you could say anemic maybe Yes, uh, it was. It was a. I, I think it was more anemic than Alabama's O line. Yes, I mean. There you go. I said it. Shadur looked good. I mean, considering the circumstances, considering how bad yeah. the offensive line was, he was on his back all game. Yeah, I mean, it was. It was bad. It, it was, was bad. Real bad. Uh, and that kind of leads to a point about Colorado that that needs to be made. You. And and the prime time factor, and, and like they were going viral because oh, it's it's Deion Sanders as the head coach. He's he's gonna look at them. They're, they've got three wins. They, they beat the second place team from last year in TCU, a national title contender, right? And that's great, and that's a great win. Do mm-hmm. not get me wrong, but they were still a one loss team last year or a one yeah. win team, my one bad. team yeah 11 losses two ones 11 <laughs> uh they were an 11 loss team last year with one win uh and they reached into the transfer portal and got 80 different players out of there now what and this is going back to auburn and their top transfer portal recruiting class and all that a lot of these guys coming from the transfer portal a lot of them, like one of their top receivers, I, I can't remember the dude's name to save my life. Uh, something Jay, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he came in from Florida State, and he looks great over at Colorado. But he was the third, fourth string guy over at Florida State, right? For a reason, and right. you're going out there competing against Dan Lanning's defense, um. Who I, depending on which person you ask, Dan Lanning could possibly be the favorite to take over for Nick Saban after Saban retires over at Alabama. Uh, Entirely possible, yeah. It's either him or it's going to be Glenn Schumann. One of those two. One of those two, yeah. Or it might be Dan Lanning and he goes and gets Glenn Schumann as his DC. I I I don't know. But it's going to be. It's going to be just reloading if it is either one of them. Uh, but with that Dan Lanning defense, they weren't they weren't going to go and and do much, and they didn't. It was it was bad. It was an almost massacre. Even Dion said it was a butt whooping. And it know, was a butt whooping. I, I, he does, he didn't even hold it against Dan Lanning. You know, it's no, just like it's I, football. I mean, I, 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 the one thing that 
people need to realize is they're not going to be like this forever. But like we said, this is his first year as the head coach. You got to give him more than one year. And when you have all these celebrities all of a sudden who are Colorado fans, because primetime's the coach. Not only are you pushing out actual Colorado alumnus and actual Colorado fans, right? Making it hard for them to get in and see the games and all that, which don't get me wrong. It's great that their ticket prices are able to go up because that's how like, that's how much everyone wants to go to a game all of a sudden. That's great. But it's it, it's made it unbearable. A lot of people wanted to see yes. Colorado lose because of the celebrities. And a lot of them didn't even know that much about Colorado. They don't know the tradition, the pageantry with it. But, oh, primetime. That's my team now. No, right. Primetime is your guy. You don't know anything about that team. Just right. Right. You want to add on to that? Yeah, I mean, I kind of saw that coming. Like we both picked Oregon to win pretty handily, and they destroyed the money line. Um, I mean, it's it's what I thought would happen. I mean, Colorado, they were never going to be a national championship contender this year. It was a nice story, but mm-hmm. the story's over. So Maybe maybe two to three years from now, maybe. Oh, yeah. I, They'll be good. Yeah. They're still better than they were last year. Much oh, better. Oh, yeah. This is, season's already a success. They've got more wins than they did last year. But I, they were so overhyped that you actually had this one dude, I think over at Fox, who was saying, I don't get why Vegas is giving or like is giving Colorado 21 points. I don't know why it's Oregon minus 21 uh, or Colorado's played a better defense than what Oregon's got. And it's like, tell me you don't watch college football without uh-huh. telling you watch college football. Like yep. that is your job. Your job is to know this stuff. And you, and you're saying that have you, why? Right. Leave your job. Recommend me. I will gladly get. I will gladly take your job to be paid to talk about sports, about right. football. It's as simple as turning the TV on and watching. Yes, like you said, Colorado, great story, great story. They weren't going to ever beat Oregon. No, no, never. I don't think they're going to beat USC next week either. But... Oh no, that's. We'll we'll get to that later, obviously. I mean, USC doesn't have much of a defensive line to rush them. They got one guy who's right. And... Yeah, we'll we'll get to that later. Let's move on real quick to Utah versus UCLA. Not as high of a scoring game as I thought it would be. I mean, only fourteen to seven Utah winning. It was. I mean. UCLA did good. They fought. Dante Moore fought. He his stats weren't great. Fifteen for thirty five. Um, two hundred and thirty four yards. Oh yeah, true freshman. Yeah. So, I mean, what the biggest thing I took away from this game is Utah cannot rely on their defense to to win this year. If they want to be national contenders, they can't rely on their defense. They have to get Cam Rising back. They have to have somebody that can lead that offense. Yeah, because you you 
imagine if this offense had imagine if Dante Moore had like an extra year or two in this offense right mm-hmm. now or imagine if you know this was last year against this defense it right. wouldn't have been pretty chip kelly's an innovative mind when it comes to the offense now granted it's great that they were able to hold him to 7 points but like we said like i said earlier true freshman quarterback what are you going to do? They need Cam Rising back and because it, their defense yeah. is probably one of the better defenses in the Pac-12. I put them second to Dan Lanning in Oregon. Um, but they need Cam Rising because if they're able yeah. to go to that defense, put a stop to an offense, they need him to go and lead that offense and get them down the field and score. They need to score. They can't be doing this two-quarterback thing each and every time up and out. It, it won't end well. It never no. really does. Which they only pay they only played Nate Johnson this game and he was only nine for seventeen, hundred and seventeen yards. Which isn't <laughs> great. I mean Utah it, is a really good team and they should be competing in the Pac twelve this year. If they play like that, they're not standing a chance against Oregon or USC. No. What what is it the Cam Rising is out with right now? It's like some kind of shoulder. Um, he had an Achilles tear last year. Last year, Ooh. I believe. Ooh, okay, or he had yeah. something with his leg in the bowl game last year. So he yeah. or late in the year last year, I think it was Pac-12 championship game last year. Actually, he might be gone. He might be out for like another few weeks still yet. Yeah, it'll be a couple. They just gotta survive until he can get back because this team is good. And they can they, win. They are. They are. They really are. They they need a quarterback though, and they don't have one right now. They have a, a glorified running back. No offense to Nate Johnson. He's still the best option they got. He's I still think. the best option. He's just a glorified running back that can kind of throw the ball. So if they yeah. want to compete, they're gonna have to get Cam Rising back. And they're just gonna survive until then. So we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on. Big, big tight game this week. I I didn't think this was going to be as tight as it was, but Arkansas versus LSU, 34-31. LSU kicks a field goal with five seconds left to take the lead. I mean, if you told me this was going to be the final score, I wouldn't have believed you based off of the Mississippi State game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that it LSU was. Played. I think that was, um, it was either the last three games or the last four games in this series have been decided by three points. Really? Okay. Yeah. It, it, so uh, they they fight for that golden boot. Uh, I, I hate it for Sam Pittman. I, I just – I think he's probably one of the most likable coaches in the entire SEC. If and not the nation, yeah. If not the nation. that That is just a blue-collar, hard-working man right there. Just after a hard day of work, wants to go and sit down and have a nice cold beer. Right. But, but it, it's like I don't think he's on the hot seat yet. No. Because I, I think what Arkansas's main problem is, besides talent, they don't have the depth and talent that a lot of the other SEC West teams have. I, I think their main problem is they play down to their opponent's level or up to their opponent's level. So you put them in a game against LSU, they can give them a fight. Right. If they play Vandy 
they'll win, but they might let Vandy score a few points. More right. points than they should score. Let them <laughs> Right. Um, I mean, KJ Jefferson did really well. It was a really good game from him. I mean, 21 for 31, 289 yards, three touchdowns. Now he did have two interceptions. He was a little turnover prone there, but still, I mean, another 16 carries for 48 yards on the ground. He's a good quarterback, and this Arkansas team is a good team. Like you said, though, it's just depth. They don't have that depth to keep up with an SEC schedule like a Georgia, an Alabama, LSU. They just – they don't yeah. have that depth. Plus, I mean, Jay, he wasn't the best quarterback in this matchup. He, he, no. Jamie was he was like uh, twenty completions, nine incompletions, uh, over three hundred yards. I think three twenty, and then four touchdowns to one interception. Yeah. So it, it's. Jaden Daniels is. I think low key a dark horse for the Heisman this year. I was about to ask. I mean, do you think it's time to to start Maybe. considering him for a Heisman campaign? I don't know. There's not <laughs> really been anybody that's taken it and I mean Caleb Williams I guess kinda has, but there's not voter really a fatigue. secondary. Voter fatigue. I, I don't think yeah. Caleb Williams wins it unless he's just heads and head and shoulder above whoever's yeah whoever else is there so yeah so i i don't think caleb williams will end up winning it i think drake may has a legit shot because north carolina's uh very quietly undefeated right now yeah Um, lsu has they've been struggling man yeah and it's like you look at brian kelly's first year there last year and it was like Wow, and like he, sh- in theory, should not have made it to the SEC championship. No, everyone's picking them to make it to the SEC championship this year, if not the playoffs. If they play like they did, if they keep playing like they did against Florida State, no, no. And I think once again, there's another. I, I think this game was a perfect mixture of one team playing down to their opponent's level and the other one playing up to their opponent's level. Yep. And and you could clearly see that. Yeah, I mean, in this sport, you got to play to a standard. You can't play to your opponent. You got to play to a standard. So, I mean, obviously, LSU hasn't been playing to that standard. Um, so I mean, we'll we'll see how they can continue this year. But I mean, as Malik of right Davis. now, oh, Malik Neighbors has been having great games. It's just yeah, a matter of another hundred plus yard game again yeah so. he just can't do it by himself so yeah they're gonna have to figure it out defensively right. and offensively double covering him so yeah, uh, move, moving on i guess to uh the only game we disagreed on uh, yeah. oregon state washington state yeah. i'm ready to listen go ahead no no i mean just uh uh, you were right. I was wrong. Thank you. Thank you. There we, there we go. Uh, Cam, Cam Ward. Holy crap! You want to talk he about had a game? You want to talk about Heisman dark horses? If he if he keeps playing like this for yeah. the rest of the year, uh, he'll win it hands down. I think. Oh yeah, he had uh, a game. I mean, only like four hundred over four hundred yards for the entire game. Uh, yeah, but he had, like two hundred. 
something at halftime. Yeah. It was astounding. And then that's just poor DJU. He uh, did not have a good game. No, he had a bad game. He looked great the past few games, and I now I am very much confused on whose fault it was over at Clemson. They both looked awful. I don't know. I don't know. Dabo's no, looked awful. DJU's looked not great in this game anyways. He's looked good up until this point, so I don't know anymore. Maybe it was both. I, I guess we'll just go with the standard of DJU has one less loss than Clemson does right now. Yeah, so, so technically he's winning. Yeah, technically he's winning right now. He's he's winning right now. He's he's still. It's not my fault. I have one less loss. <laughs> I I do have a question though. Does does this make Washington State the Pac two champion? The Tupac champ. The Tupac uh, champ. I guess technically right now, unless technically there's a, right now, unless there's a rematch, unless they both magically make it to the Pac twelve championship in the last year of the Pac twelve. Yeah, which would be hilarious. Oh, absolutely! I'd love it. It's not going to happen, but I'd love but, it. Still, I, I think if Wazoo keeps playing like this, they, they could be a dark horse contender. So. Very much dark horse contender, and uh, yeah, no, they looked great. Yeah, really it was it. it was a shootout. It was a really good game, though. Yeah, n- not not much defense. A lot of offense. <laughs> Honestly, if anyone knows Wazoo, we're we're kind of used to that. Now, granted, yeah. Not as great in the past few years, but when Mike Leach was over there, really good. Great air raid offense. (sighs) Moving on to arguably the game of the year so far, anyways. I'll let let you start. I'll let you start because I'm going to go (sighs) off. I'm going to go off on a certain defensive coordinator. I mean, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Obviously, Ohio State pulls it off in the final seconds of the game. Which it was a hard-fought game. I Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know who was going to win. Obviously, we both picked Notre Dame, but we were both, you know, both agreed it, it was going to come down to the last second, and it did, quite literally. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, and we, we very much said it will probably come down to the last drive. We have a clip about it. <laughs> And it did. <laughs> on TikTok, YouTube clips, or sh- YouTube shorts, Twitter. We have, we, we've got clips everywhere, people. Yeah. I mean, Notre Dame lost that game. I mean, yes. They uh, had yes. it won. They had them yes. eight seconds left, I think, 15 seconds left on their like 40 or 35. Yeah. And just. Awful defense. Can can I go in? Can oh, I go absolutely. In? Go ahead. I am sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of seeing coaches run a soft shell zone coverage scheme when the offense is in your territory. When, when the offense is still on their side of the field, on their side of the field, and, and they've got like 60, 70 yards they've still got to go, fine. Fine. But holy crud, what are you thinking? The moment they get inside your your part of the field, you should be sending at least five people each time. I, I get the thought process of stopping them 
before they can get into the red zone or get down to one or, or something like that. And having as many, as many defense backs out on the field as possible and cover guys. But holy crud, it, it, how many times does this come back and bite someone in the tail? It's terrible. Oh my gosh. I, I, that was the maddest I have ever been at a college game, I think, before. It was it was so bad. I, I I was calling for Al Golden to be kicked from the dead gum locker room and his office and have all of his stuff shipped back to his house that night. I, I just how do you you have to rush once they're inside your field? To record great game out of him, but he in my eyes, in my eyes. I wasn't able to watch the entire thing because I have a job that goes pretty late into the night. But from what I saw, when they sent a five-man rush, they were able to get back there, not necessarily sack him every time, but they were able to pressure him, make him feel the pressure, make him hurry up and rush a throw. If they had just done that, everything probably is different. That soft shell zone coverage, as the moment I saw they only had three down linemen and there was no one else in the box, I was like, they're they're going to lose this game because of this play. Sure enough, McCord gets it to his wide receiver down at the one. Two plays later, Travion yep. with no time left, runs it into the dead gum end zone. Yep. And I just I Oh Yeah. I, I, mean... I so bad. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Calvacore did really good, considering it was only his fourth start. Yeah, as a you know, as a college quarterback, big one for him. Thirty-seven, two hundred forty yards. Yeah, it was a um, good game. I mean, you know, y- y'all know we're both Georgia fans, and we're unbiased <laughs> here, but that is the most nervous. I have been watching a college football game that wasn't a Georgia football game. Just that, that last drive made me so nervous. I have butterflies. It was a fantastic game. And for a game to end like that is awesome. Like I said, game of the year contender. It was an awesome game. Obviously, we picked Notre Dame to win, but it was an awesome, awesome game. Both You're teams both played wrong. their hearts out. Yeah, both wrong. But I mean, both teams played their hearts out. It was a spectacular game. And and did you see the end, uh, like Ryan Day's post game interview where he was like, "Where's Lou Holtz at?" I was like, "Buddy, buddy, do not, do yes. not." He's still outclasses you mm-hmm. in championship. He's got more championship rings than you. He's got yep. more pedigree than you. Do not. You still yeah. have not. You still have not got. The right to call him out, and right? He had every right at that point in time when he was on the McAfee show earlier mm-hmm. in the week to question Ohio State's toughness. Ohio State has not been one of the tougher teams in college football in a bit. Uh, right. Their best game in the Ryan Day era so far, up to Saturday, possibly, had been the Peach Bowl against Georgia. So let's be very clear on that. Right. I just, I, the fact you're going to call out 
86-year-old man at the end who was just sharing his opinion. Dude, grow up. You were soft. Right. I'd take Lou Holtz in that fight. Right. I mean, Ryan Day has... I want to say slowly, but it hasn't really been slowly. He's he's made himself one of the most unlikable coaches in college football. Born on he's third. just not a likable guy at all. He has nothing for me to want to root for him. I mean, I just don't like him personally, but that doesn't really matter. So, yeah. you got any final thoughts on this game? Um... Not not much. Uh, besides, get a different defense coordinator for no team. Uh, well, I, let let me let me say this because I do not want to miss this. Ohio State's defense looked great. Yeah. I, I give them that, and that was probably one, like I said, that was probably one of the more physical games I've seen them play in forever. Uh, but before up to this point. Lou Holtz had every right to question your physical toughness. And then you yep. want to go off, spout off about where's he at? Where's he at? It's it's us against the world. It's Ohio against the world like it's always been. Yeah, because Ohio has a bunch of – pretty much a bunch of unlikable people from it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've met someone from Ohio that we don't really care for. Yes. And uh, they're – bye. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, just we, I, I, ain't much good comes out of Ohio. Let, let me put it that way. Now, granted, granted, we're still gonna do our best to remain as unbiased as possible. But Ryan Day makes that really hard, guys. Yes, he does. So, just, just, eh. eh. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's let's wrap it up here. We got a couple couple more things to hit on, but let's wrap it up. We got our head to head records. Obviously, we are tied now. Yeah, we are tied. There was a bit of a debate before the show started um, this morning. <laughs> somebody can't up. count. All right, yeah, somebody yes, can't I, count. I, am bad at, I I bad at math. I I'm very bad at math. <laughs> Obviously, but I I could have sworn I was up by one, and no, I I wasn't. We we did yeah. math. We're, we're tied, people. We're tied 12 and 4 each. So, not a bad yeah. record. Not a no, bad record. Not a bad record at all. So, that that's fun. Like like we said earlier, we'll we'll have a punishment for whoever's losing at the end of the year. We'll figure that out at some point. But Still got to figure that out. Yeah, but that'll be fun. Um, obviously, we got some big games next week. There's some of the games we're going to be talking about on, uh, on Friday's episode. We got Utah versus Oregon State. That'll be a big one. Can DJU bounce back? Gets a really tough defense. Will Utah's defense actually hold up? Yeah. Will Utah's defense hold up? Texas A&M versus Arkansas. Obviously, A&M coming off that big win versus Auburn, and Arkansas coming off a heartbreaking loss against LSU. That's going to be a fun one. Yep. Uh, USC versus Colorado. Obviously, Colorado's Cinderella story kind of just ended. But yeah, yeah, we'll, and it, we'll yeah, see if they can get back on track. Yeah. No, I don't think they will, but we'll see if they can get back on track. Florida versus Kentucky, it's always a fun game. Always a fun game, always a fun, always a fun game. 
Um, kind of an odd one here, but Kansas versus Texas. I know normally you don't think Kansas big game, but undefeated Kansas. Undefeated. Versus undefeated Texas. And they beat Texas a year or two ago. In, yeah. In, so in I mean, Austin. In Austin. That was a big yeah. upset. It was that was just one of the stories of the year up to that point. Lance Leipold, I think, is Kansas's coach's name. Great coach. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, he's so, a great coach. He's been able to turn them around and there might be just a bit more than a basketball school. See if they got some magic. Yeah. Um obviously we got LSU versus Ole Miss. This yep. could be an exciting game to look at. Always a good game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Notre Dame versus Duke. Can Duke pull off some magic for the second time this year and take down another top 25 team? Not that Clemson's ranked anymore, but can they do it? College game day is actually going to be at Duke for the first time. Ever. Really? That's awesome. Non-basketball related. Solely because of this game. That's so, awesome. It, it really and, uh, great. And uh, our big game next week, UGA versus Auburn. Mm-hmm. That's going to be – it's always an exciting game, especially when you go to Jordan-Hare. It's a tough place to play, so we'll see if Georgia can go in there and win or if Auburn's going to pull it off. Freaky Very magic. freaky magic voodoo. Um, speaking of, speaking of Georgia, yeah. speaking of yeah. Georgia, did you hear Kirby Smart is now got the highest winning percentage of any coach through their first 100 games in SEC history? 85-15, I believe. I think, yeah, 85, 15, 86, 14, something like that. He topped Bear Bryant and Nick Saban. Yeah. So that's 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 interesting. Take away the unbiased unbiased things for a moment. I feel great as a Georgia fan. Oh, absolutely. Georgia fans should go and be very happy with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's exciting as a Georgia fan, obviously. You hope he can continue it, but. Obviously, we'll see. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Any Given Day podcast. We appreciate you guys joining us and being a part of our discussion. Make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. You can find us under the name Any Given Day Podcast. Stay updated with our latest episodes and insights. And don't forget, the next episode will be out on Friday, where we'll dive into some of the big games coming up this weekend. Until then, keep the spirit of the game alive. And remember, in this sport, anything can happen on any given day. See y'all on the next play.